0: Welcome to the WTJX Newsfeed. In today's top stories, Senator Alma Francis Heiliger slams Governor Bryan's veto of several pieces of legislation she sponsored to include a six month water bill abatement for residents impacted by lead and copper in their water supply. Representatives from the Virgin Islands Housing Authority said that they were at the mercy of the administrators, both St. Thomas and St. Croix. We speak with St. Thomas Administrator Avery Lewis and St. Croix Administrator Samuel Sanez. Waste Management Authority Project Manager Ron Phillips says work being done in Christiansted Town is only Phase 1. Road closures will occur again in 2024. These stories and more on today's WTJX News Feed.
1: From the Virgin Islands Public Broadcasting System studios on St. Thomas, this is the WTJX Newsfeed with Marcelina
2: Ventura Douglas.
0: Welcome to the WTJX Newsfeed, bringing you the latest news and updates throughout our community. Governor Albert Bryan Jr. recently acted on seven bills passed by the 35th Legislature at its session on November 14th and vetoed three bills, all of which were sponsored by Senator Alma Francis Heiliger. Senator Heiliger said she was truly disappointed the governor vetoed a bill requiring the Virgin Islands Water and Power Authority to issue a monthly water bill abatement for six months to residential customers impacted by levels of lead and copper, and a bill requiring every owner or operator of a public water system to monitor, test, and analyze the water systems for lead and copper content at least once a year.
3: The governor decided that for one, he was going to veto the one piece of legislation stating that the thought process behind it was that they're already going to do things in regards to giving $25 to individuals as a way of an abatement, you know, my concerns that individuals were dealing with this issue for so long. Um, I myself, along with two other minority senators, sent letters to the governor calling for a state of an emergency, which basically fell on deaf ears. And only when it came to a crisis was some effort made that he attempted to get a set, a local state of emergency and get a presidential state of emergency. And my problem that I'm having is we as a people have to stop waiting on things, get to the point that, you know, it, it's so egregious. Why do other people have to consistently step in to tell us what is wrong with our system?
0: Senator Heiliger said the Water and Power Authority continues to wreak havoc on the lives of Virgin Islanders and her legislation attempted to offer relief to customers.
3: At the end of the day, to give them six months abatement based on the average of what they were paying, to compare it now to just give a $25 amount buncher. The problem with that is that what happens to families that have higher water bills because multiple people live in the homes. That is why the formula was created the way it was. Because if you take the last previous six months and you get an average for it and you split it in two, that would have been the discount they would have gotten. But for you to now reduce that for some people down to $25, you know, which might service some that have much lower water bills. But for those that that don't, then what?
0: She slammed Governor Brian vetoing her proposed resolution posthumously honoring Wayne Faxman Adams by naming the bridge at the NADA intersection on the island of St. Thomas the Wayne Faxman Adams Bridge.
3: Let me say something. I am not one to deal with elitist individuals, but his response was a kick in the face and to the gut of the many voting Virgin Islanders and individuals that go to the polls to vote for people such as himself. So for him to turn around and say that the average person is not worthy to get an honor of naming a bridge after them because they're not a public servant or a elected official is disrespectful. For you to write a document to say something so disrespectful about him shows, you know, God has to help us. If this is the governor, that is who's running these territories. Because when I read that document as to his justification, it, it hurt my spirit. It genuinely, genuinely hurt my spirit.
0: Senator Heiliger moved on to say that Mr. Adams was not, quote, less than a human being because he was not elected or an ambassador.
3: Because for the governor to make reference that we were doing a disservice to ambassadors and senators who have names and buildings and bridges named after them, that how dare we attempt to give the average Joe Blow, the average man, the regular person that gives such a great impact to so many lives that he is not deserving of his name being put on something. I don't know what level we've come to as part of this, this, these Virgin Islands, but it's a sad day when the very person that these regular people had to vote for you to be in the position that you're in today, that this is how you speak about them and look down on them.
0: She says she intends to move for an override on all three pieces of legislation.
3: The one bill he did not veto was the one in regards to where I had requested to um, change the code to allow for GRS to send out to active members their benefits and contributions information. What the law previously said was that they could only mail them out. And GRS basically wanted to give their members the option to say, hey, would you like your annual report via mail or would you like to have it via email, which is an
4: electronic form.
0: Eligible customers on St. Croix who were unable to collect water vouchers from the Virgin Islands Water and Power Authority can do so next week from Monday, December 4th, through Thursday, December 7th. The authority has extended business hours until 6 p.m. at the Sunny Isles Business Office. For eligibility or to pre-register, visit cleanwaterusvi.com. Acting Governor Kevin McCurdy signed an executive order on November 29th, renewing the local state of emergency until December 29th, 2023. On October 30th, Governor Albert Bryan Jr. initially signed the executive order declaring a state of emergency in the District of St. Croix. On November 18th, President Joe Biden approved a federal emergency declaration. Before the extension, the local order expired earlier this week on the 29th. Mr. McCurdy is in the role of acting governor because Governor Bryan is in Washington, D.C. As part of his duties as vice chair of the National Board of Directors, of Jobs for America's graduates. He is scheduled to return to the territory on Monday, December 4th. The town of Christiansted has been enduring dug-up streets and closed roads for an extended period of time, as the Virgin Islands Waste Management Authority has executed a contract to replace the sewer lines in the town area. Christiansted business owners and residents have been calling for the repavement of roads as contractor Marco St. Croix executes the project. We push for a timeline on when residents can expect results from Waste Management Authority project manager, Ron Phillips.
1: As soon as the contractor gave us a timeline, we will definitely communicate that with the public.
0: Mr. Phillips said a lot of work is completed, but there is still more to be done, as this is only phase one of the project.
1: Phase two, the roads are not going to be dug up. Phase one, the roads are dug up because you're removing the sewer lines itself. That's what you're doing. You're removing the old sewer line for the old pipe and you're replacing new pipes. In phase two, the manholes are already there. All you're doing is you actually coming in, you hydro you power washing the manholes, you clean them, then you do an inspection to make sure that the walls are good. And once the walls are good, then what you do, you apply what is something known as a epoxy. So the epoxy is like a protective coating that you put in on the manhole walls. Because most of the manholes are made out of concrete.
0: Acknowledging that people want to see the roads repaired, Mr. Phillips said clarification needed to be made on what the authority's responsibility is.
1: What the contractor is going to do is the contractor is actually going to pave the trenches. The trenches are the area of the road that was dug up where the existing soil line was removed and the new soil line has been installed. They're not doing the entire road.
0: In anticipation for phase two, residents and businesses will continue to be impacted by road closures.
1: When you're doing phase two, you gotta close the road because most of the manholes are in the middle of the street. So what happened is that when you're doing the power washing and when you're doing the plastering and when you're installing the backseat, the road has to be shut down. Certain sections of the road have to be shut down. So what we did in phase one, in terms of shutting down the roads, we gotta do that in phase two. Figure that they're probably gonna start maybe around March, April of next year.
0: You are listening to the WTJX Newsfeed. At a Virgin Islands Housing Authority board meeting, Jimmy Farmer, Director of Asset Management, said that they were, quote, literally at the mercy of the administrators, both St. Thomas and St. Croix, to advise them on when a ban has been lifted for the authority to remove derelict vehicles from housing communities across the territory. St. Thomas Administrator Avery Lewis. Says the Bavoni fire that started on September 14th and lasted for 21 days has hampered those efforts.
5: The situation that's happening currently with the removal of the abandoned and derelict vehicles is that since the first initial fire, where the fire took place in the metal yard, you know, the landfill operators and waste management, you know, OSHA and all the regulatory agencies came down hard on them. And they had to put some um, rules and regulations in place so this thing don't, so they don't reoccur yet. So they're working on that on the back end. And then also some equipment issues got some equipment got damaged in the fire. They had to be replaced. And that section hasn't reopened yet. So the government in St. Thomas and St. John, we don't have a, a space to say we could collect the cars and hold them. In a whole area. When we collect the cars, that's where we leave them out there for uh, six, seven days. And you know, when we do collect them, they go straight to the recycling center, which is housed at the um, in front of the landfill in Saint Thomas before the landfill.
0: Administrator Lewis says, however, there is nothing stopping the housing authority from tagging the derelict vehicles.
5: At this time, there's nothing stopping housing from tagging their cars or anything. It's on their property. But we do do a joint something and assist at times. I go in with my team and we tag and they pay for the removal of the vehicles and so forth. And then we deal with the detoxification of the vehicles, the detoxing of the cars and so forth on the landfill. But at this time, there's no movement on that. Uh, We had a few in some egregious areas that we had to remove the people just show them where, you know, ambulances or emergency vehicles couldn't pass, or traffic was stopping. I don't know how they got there, so we just had to deal with those. Like it was like about well, six or seven of them, but at this time, nothing is happening until they get these uh, rules and regulations in place.
0: Executive Director Robert Graham has, however, said the Housing Authority continues to subsidize the disposal of vehicles. He explained that they have asked the administration to include a vehicle identification number, and match that with the last registration of the vehicles so that the cost can be charged to the last registered owner. Mr. Avery explained that already happens.
5: When we go to tag the vehicle, the tag asks for some important information such as uh, the registered owner's name and so forth, all the vehicle identification information. So then we collect all this data and then we submit it to... DMV a lien is placed against that uh, the last registered owner, and it does go into it does work because we have a lot of people to be calling it. oh, I didn't know this, I didn't know that, but it's just that that's just the law. The first fine is a thousand dollars and the second fine for a uh, uh, repeated offense is twenty five hundred so it does go then you wouldn't be able to register anymore your vehicles or your uh, driver's license.
0: St Croix administrator Samuel Sanez says lack of funds has caused them to stop the removal of abandoned vehicles.
4: uh, For the most part, here on St. Quarry, what we do is uh, when the supervisor of these different housing developments call us, what we do, we assist in terms of making arrangements with the tow truck uh, drivers that we use. And when I say we, the, uh, the administrators use for the abandoned vehicle program. And we also assist in putting uh, stickers in the cars. They, they do, however, uh, take care of the cost of the entire process. So that was the arrangement. Uh, one of the things that I've advised uh, numerous times to the different supervisors is to not let uh, these abandoned vehicles pile up. In other words, see if you can do it on a monthly schedule. And the reason why I say that is that uh, when you have a when you have a big operation, for instance, uh, a few weeks ago we did Petersburg, uh, we have to also make arrangements with the VIPD to be there because there, there have been uh, times in the past in which uh, residents uh, get a bit unruly, if you want to use that word. So, you know, we we are trying to assist them. Uh, as you know, we are going through uh, a short, uh, small financial crisis. And so we uh, we, we have to temporarily, here stop the program. Hopefully we'll be able to resume uh, either at the end of December or the beginning of January.
0: After a delay, the National Park Service announced that work to remove asbestos-containing material at the Caneel Bay Resort site within the Virgin Islands National Park will begin in early 2024. Today marked the observance of World AIDS Day. Jason Henry, director of the Communicable Disease Division with the Department of Health, emphasized the need to end the stigma in our community.
6: World AIDS Day, World AIDS day is a day that um, public health workers come together uh, globally to remember the individuals who are infected and infected with HIV, particularly those who are living with HIV. Um, what is the actually the theme for this year? Even before I go forward, is remember thirty five. So this is the thirty fifth year that we are celebrating World AIDS Day globally, and the theme is remember and commit. What is day 25, Because it's very important that as a community, remember where we've come from. We remember the individuals who are living with HIV, and as public health employees. We also recommit ourselves to actually ending HIV um, in the territory.
0: The department held HIV screenings today both on St. Croix and on St. Thomas to commemorate World AIDS Day.
6: And then tomorrow we'll be actually decorating our public health vehicles uh, where we'll actually be participating in the mobile parade where our vehicles will be lit up promoting some messages about ending HIV and reducing the stigma. One of the challenges with getting individuals into care is that it's the stigma that is associated with HIV. And we're trying to make HIV testing a part of routine health care. And to recognize that everyone knows that HIV is no longer a death sentence. Uh, you know, back in 2021, Governor Bryant did a proclamation for the Department of Health. Um, we have a slogan that we say 340, get into zero. Zero. HIV infections during new HIV infections by 2030.
0: Mr. Henry said they had three goals to achieve this initiative.
6: 90% of the individuals living in the U.S. Virgin Islands will know their status. Of 90% of individuals who are HIV positive, we want to get them into care. And 90% of those individuals who are in care, we want to have a reduced viral load. And what does that mean when you say reduced viral load? Reduced viral load pretty much means... An individual who has HIV has, if you have a viral load that is undetectable, which is the amount of virus in your body, it also makes HIV untransmittable. So if we have individuals who are in care, who are taking medication, and who have a zero viral, or very small amount of viral load, they're unable to transmit HIV to another person. And so that's that's one of our goals here at the Department of Health, territory-wide, as we also collaborate with some of our other community partners to include French Center Headcare Care and St. Thomas Eastern Medical
0: Center. You are listening to the WTJX Newsfeed. The Caribbean writer, the international refereed literary journal published by the University of the Virgin Islands each year, recently announced the release of Volume 37 under the theme, Carrying, Recognition, and Repair. We spoke with Alsace Lewis-Brown, an award-winning author of Young Adult Books, member of the university's adjunct faculty since 1990, and editor of the Caribbean Writer since 2012.
7: We use themes each year to capture the the essence of the pieces that are being submitted by the various authors from around the Caribbean diaspora. And Carrying, Recognition, and Repair is the theme for volume 37. The theme actually captures some of the the nuances of Caribbean experience, the things we carry, how we recognize them, and how we set about to repair them. And we try to illustrate that theme in an Artwork that we selected by a young artist here in St. Croix named Alexis Camarina. Alexis Camarina is um, an up-and-coming artist, and his his piece, which graces the front cover of the of the journal, is um, captures that particular idea of carrying recognition and repair.
0: Each year, prizes are offered to those who are selected for the journal. To purchase editions of the journal and for submissions, visit CaribbeanWriter.org. This
7: year we have We have actually four prizes that we offer each year. And we're still looking for persons who would like to sponsor prizes. We have the Canute Broadhurst Prize, which is sponsored by the Sinclair Avis. And that prize has been offered from the inception of the journal. The Daily News also has a prize. That prize has also been offered since the inception of the journal. The Canute Broadhurst Prize is $500. The Daily News Prize is $600. The Marvin Williams Prize, Marvin was the editor of the Caribbean writer for seven years before he passed away. He's a Frederickstead native, and his wife has contributed a, a prize in his name each year in the amount of $500. Most times we offer it to a, an up-and-coming version artist who has submitted a piece that our board finds to be exceptional. And then we have the Vincent Cooper Prize, which is a prize that's offered by Dr. Vincent Cooper, who recently retired from the university, but he has been with the journal since the inception as well.
0: The Department of Education has asked the community to mark their calendars and support students by attending the upcoming holiday concerts. Dion Donadell, Director of Music Programs, tells us about the upcoming concerts.
7: Most schools try to do concerts or programs of some sort. We are slowly getting back off of that COVID, hurricane COVID, not having resources, not having to turn them together. Uh, We've been doing that for last year. They did some stuff too, but now we have a little bit more this year, which is what we're used to seeing. With the holiday concert itself, you you get to see what the kids have been working on at at a higher advanced level, even at the elementary level, because they're now trying to learn how to perform. But with the programs, that's in the elementary school specifically, you see different um, entities from like, maybe an English class or even a science class, a math class. They might get involved. We might see some choral reading that we used to see years ago. If different things that happening. They might have some dancing. We just want, really want to just bring back our community spirit.
0: The first concert will be held Monday, December 4th at the Ivana Udurican High School starting at 6.59 p.m. As we continue in the news feed, we turn now to our regional report. Today, the United Nations top court ordered Venezuela not to take any action that would alter Guyana's control over disputed territory, but did not specifically ban Venezuela from holding its planned referendum Sunday on the territory's future. Both countries interpreted today's ruling as largely backing their own positions on the territory. The court order falls short of any explicit mention of the referendum, but says that Venezuela must refrain from taking any action which would modify that situation that currently prevails in Esquibo. The legally binding ruling remains in place until a case brought by Guyana against Venezuela on the region's future is considered by the court, which could take years. Venezuela does not recognize the UN panel's jurisdiction over the decades-old dispute, but the country's vice president, Delcy Rodriguez, categorized today's ruling as a victory for Venezuela, given that the UN did not order a halt to the referendum plans. Guyana's president, Mohamed Irfam Ali, also welcomed the ruling, saying that the decision makes clear that Venezuela is prohibited from annexing or trespassing upon Guyanese territory or taking any other actions, regardless of the outcome of the referendum. In our final update on the news feed, Scattered showers will continue this evening, but this weekend should be sunny. Meteorologist Eric Weglars has the territory's weather forecast.
2: Here's the latest look at the short-term forecast for the Virgin Islands. I'm meteorologist Eric Weglarz. Mostly sunny skies continue this afternoon area-wide. We'll find a few clouds building late day and a few scattered showers as well at St. Croix. Temperatures will climb into the middle 80s. Winds remain from the northeast at 15 to 20 gusts as high as 25. At St. Thomas and St. John, similar story. A few clouds and a few scattered showers are possible in your sunset. Winds are a bit stronger from the northeast at 20 to 25 miles per hour with highs in the middle to upper 80s. Tonight, scattered showers will taper off to probably cloudy skies area-wide. Lows fall back into the lower 70s at St. Croix. Winds remain from the northeast at 15 to 20 with occasional gusts over 20. At St. Thomas and St. John, a few showers will taper off a bit earlier to mostly clear skies. Lows fall back into the upper 70s. Winds are a bit stronger from the northeast at 20 to 25 miles per hour. gust occasionally up to 30. And Saturday features a mostly sunny sky at St. Croix with temperatures in the middle 80s winds in the northeast at 15 to 20 miles per hour. At St. Thomas and St. John, we'll find sunshine giving way to increasing clouds and scattered showers for the afternoon. Highs reach the middle to upper 80s, winds also from the northeast at 20 to 25. That's the latest look at your short-term forecast. I'm meteorologist, Eric Weglars.
0: We are at the end of today's WTJX newsfeed. Feed. I, Marcelina Ventura-Douglas. Join me every weekday at 5 p.m. If you haven't already, be sure to download the WTJX app And if you missed a part of our news, you can listen to it on demand wherever you get your podcasts.